Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour of Provocative Inquiry, an hour dedicated to offering alternatives to the way we think, the way we behave, and what we might find comfortable to believe. It is an hour for the open-minded and an hour that has been known to aggravate some by prodding those old ideas that have become so encrusted their origin has been lost. In this next hour, we often intentionally challenge the orthodoxy in matters of mind, body, and spirit. You are invited to join us, but be warned for the next hour we hold our so-called knowledge in abeyance, willing to admit that what we think we know might just be wrong. In this way, we truly hope to nudge our consciousness in a way that is additive to our relative states of enlightenment. All right. Last week, our guest was Anna Maria Hemingway, and we discussed her research and book, Practicing Conscious Living and Dying. True to one of her admitted icons, Plato, she encourages practiced dying. That we define to be the surrendering of personal interest, selfish, self-centered, I-me stuff, in favor of service to others. This is a good practice, whether for improving the quality of life or for following the admonition to practice dying. Barbette wrote, When my father received his terminal diagnosis, he quoted a line from Dumbledore in the first Harry Potter book. Death is but a great adventure, and he believed it. And I'm going to say that again. Death is but the next great adventure, and he believed it. Many of you wrote regarding the show, expressing both your interest in the subject and Anna Maria's candidness and willingness to discuss the so-called dark side of the afterlife. Ernie wrote, I believe that 18% of the NDEs are that of the not-so-good kind, if I understand the data correctly. And you're right, no one likes to talk about them. Some old fellow I knew and grew up knowing had an NDE experience he mentioned to my brother, and it sounded pretty horrible as my brother retold the story to me. Steve, that was his name, was in general a pretty miserable guy. I mean, Eldon, he lived his life as though he was angry at the world, always. I wonder if one's frame of mind is in play here. Well, Ernie, based on the literature, there does seem to be some correspondence between the expectation in life and the experience out of life during an NDE. However, with that said, the real correspondence, and perhaps a more important point, is the commonness of the experience. That is, for most people, the very large majority Their experience includes things like the tunnel, the white light, relatives, loved ones, and so forth. All of this in all cultures uh, are important aspects related to the NDE, and they're shared in common. And in and of that itself, we have some very suggestive uh, information. Something's going on here, a shared archetype, uh, a reality of some kind. And addressing this issue of the dark side and evil as a standalone force separate uh, from will or resistance of man per se. At least, let's say, separate in the sense that it exists independently and not contingently on you or me. Angelica added from our conversation with Peter Calhoun two weeks ago, quote, I appreciate what your guest said last week. He acknowledged so-called fallen angels or beings but said we do not have to be susceptible to them. 
Continuing, this time with respect to Dr. Hemingway's appearance from last week, she wrote, I heard the portion where your guest gave her perspective on evil. At first, she seemed somewhat timid about her views, but I understood that her beliefs were in line with what Lorna Byrne has stated in her book. Remember, Lorna will be here with us on March 2nd, and she will take your call so you can ask her or her angels your questions. Okay, now Charles wrote, quote, How do you get away with putting non-Hay House authors on Hay House Radio when their ideas oppose those of Hay House authors? End quote. Interesting question, Charles. Interesting from at least two perspectives. First, the question implies some kind of censorship by Hay House. Second, the question implies agreement by and between all Hay House authors. Here is your answer in short. I have never been told by anyone at Hay House who I could put on the show, what we could talk about, or any other limitation to the style or content of this show. There is no censorship that I'm aware of around here. Next, I assure you that not all Hay House authors agree with each other on everything. I think if you set aside your assumptions, Charles, as expressed and implied in your question, that you will find the content on Hay House Radio is both rich and robust, meaning that you find great content to support and assist you while providing perhaps the necessary provocation from time to time. To, re- you know, to, uh, to give rise to causing you to reach yet to another level of discovery and self-actualization. That said, thanks for the letter, Charles. Okay, a couple of more quick ones. Karen wrote, I am really enjoying your Hay House radio show. Your guests are fascinating. Thanks, Karen. We try to bring new and novel guests on, and we try to push the envelope with those guests. Aisling wrote, and I hope I'm saying that right. It's A-I-S-H-L-I-N-G. I listened to your show today. Very inspiring. Blessings of the highest. You have fun. Well, thank you very much. You too. Now, for those of you still working on resolutions, and I guess that probably most of us, remember you can succeed. Howard wrote regarding our Intertalk CDs. After 40 years of smoking, stop smoking forever worked. Bring on the world. Well, congratulations, Howard. How fantastic. Please remember, we have a number of Intertalk programs that are free, downloadable MP3s at my website, and they're there to help you. Uh, these are not samples. They are the actual patented and scientifically proven technologies. Just use the left-hand navigation on eldentaylor.com, select free programs, and go get them. All right, that's all the time we have for letters today, but I want to thank all of you for writing, and I do invite you to opine by leaving your comments on my website, eldentaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. I try to read them all, and your input does help and direct our show. So uh, please take a moment and let me know what you think of the show and, and of our guests. Okay, Socrates taught that to have a healthy mind, you need a healthy body. Eugene Delacroix once said, I live in company with a body, a silent companion, exacting and eternal. And George Sehan put it this way. The mind's first step to self-awareness must be through the body. Now, Louise Hay built Hay House, the publishing company, the radio network, the philanthropic machinery, and more by first teaching the lesson, love your body. 
It can be easy for the left brain dominant in our world to forget about the importance of the body until the need is pressing, sometimes too pressing. Think about it this way. Are you aware this minute of your body, your heart rate, your blood pressure, your digestive process, your lungs, and so forth? Do you hear and feel the stimuli that are ever-present, or does it go unrecognized until an urgency arises? Now, we're not supposed to be so totally conscious of our somatic information as to exclude the exterior stimuli, and that is why we are made the way we are. Indeed, there is a continual competition for the attention, for my attention, your attention, and attention has an economy that simply cannot afford processing all stimuli simultaneously, at least at a conscious level. What, then, is the right level of attention, the type of care, the natural way to live, and foster great mind-body health? How do we enjoy being ecstatic beings? A title our guest today gives to her latest book. Is it possible to stay forever young, or is this just some wild and crazy scheme dreamed up by those who do not wish to accept aging? Our guest today goes only by Shazzy. She comes to us from the United Kingdom, where she is very well known. She will tell you that her journey began by detoxing the system and adopting a raw food diet. She is a compelling guest, not just because of her young, radiant appearance and obvious success with her own body, and that's quite a story, and we'll hear more of it, but because of her work and research with others and their successes. Shazzy is radical, and many people are likely to find her book, Ecstatic Beings, Simply, quote, too much, end quote. And I'm quoting one of her real fans. However, the proof is in the pudding. Take a look at her before and after pictures and decide if you want some of that for yourself. Watch her yoga videos and see how young you might become in body as well. One thing is for certain. Everyone around her senses and feels the total joy she exudes from her being. Now, I know what I think, but we want your thoughts, questions, and feedback as well. We have a lot to talk about in this next hour, and we invite you to join us by calling toll-free 1-866-254-1579. And international callers can dial the country code, then 760-918-4300. So do our guest. Shazzy has been a vegan since 1986 and a raw foodist since 2000. She became an instant raw food superstar in 2000 when she started her world-famous blog. Shazzy has been featured in the United Kingdom media discussing raw food, superfoods, breastfeeding, and being an ecstatic being. She is the prolific author of Detox Your World, Detox Delights, Naked Chocolates, and that sounds sexy and good, doesn't it? Evie's Kitchen and her latest, Ecstatic Beings. I might add here, in my opinion, I would suggest starting with her wonderful book, Detox Your World, before turning to ecstatic beings, but get them both at any rate. If you want tips on how to bring ecstasy into your life, if you have ever wondered about detoxing your body, if you have ever thought about how you might have more energy and look younger, in short, if living a long, healthy, and ecstatic life has any interest to you, then you will want to phone in and talk to our guest. It is my pleasure to welcome to our show one of my favorite people. Welcome, Shazzy. Eldon, that is a beautiful introduction. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's indeed our pleasure. We're, we're, we're thrilled that you'd stay up late and join us. <laughs> it's not too late yet. 
Well, that's good. Now, to begin with, you have a personal story that I'm familiar with, but I want our listening audience to to come up to pace with it. So if you would set the stage by telling us about what you learned, what you teach, how you got there, please please share that beginning with us. It's always really tough to work out where the beginning actually is because when I changed my life and went, got into raw food, that was in the year 2000, that was 10 years ago, just celebrated my 10th anniversary. Um, but there were definitely big steps and big clues along the way. So, you know, a year before that, I, was, I got, gave up bread and I felt a lot better for that. Um, and when I was 18, I became a vegan. Um, so there, there were definite things. I was obviously always a seeker. I was obviously always that kind of personality. But the, the definitely the biggest thing that changed me from being overweight, depressed, kind of suicidal actually, um, and angry at the world to feeling ecstatic most of the time was definitely in eating raw foods and superfoods. Um, so, yeah, in 2000, I was just at rock bottom, and I decided, I, I remember the conversation I had in my head. It was when I used to argue with myself, <laughs> and I just said, okay, look, either do something about it or die, but you're not living like this anymore because this is like hell, and my life even though I had all the things that you think would make you happy, my life felt like hell. And also that brings about a huge amount of guilt too because I'm thinking, well, I'm not disabled. I've got a great job. I've got a boyfriend. I've got a house. Why do I feel like this? And so then I was feeling guilty too. And I think a lot of it is taking on um, far too much energy around you and, and confusing other people's thoughts with your own. And so in my process of removing cooked food from my life, and refining my diet over the years to the one I have now, I've strengthened myself, strengthened my energetic field. And, um, yeah, my body's really young. My mind is ridiculously young. <laughs> I think I should be 14, not 41 next week. And I, I kind of, even though I don't work much now, I only work about 10 hours a week now. So I've got a young daughter and, you know, I want to give her a lot of attention and I want to do stuff rather than work as well. The yeah. things I do that I, I produce now are so from the heart and so fully aligned with myself that I now look at what I was doing before and think, okay, that was all tools for my toolbox, you know, learning about design and writing and, and marketing and the world. <laughs> it was all tools for my toolbox and now I'm aligned with myself. I can put out my message really beautifully in the style and, and way that suits me and it feels extremely authentic and that's a really important thing when you're when you're um into doing the best work that you can do it's it's silly to do the best work you can do for someone else when it's not aligned with your own thoughts so it wasn't it wasn't just the food changing my body it was it changed actually everything it put me in complete alignment with my real divine self rather than the left brain thing that thought it was me so, so are you suggesting, I'm sorry, so are you suggesting that, okay, uh, processed food and, and whatnot, just because you, you had a very normal upbringing by way of the kinds of foods and diet that you were exposed to, are you suggesting that that affected your biochemistry in such a way that, that it actually disconnected you from your spiritual self, your, your authentic self, as well as uh, giving rise to lowering your energy and, and causing these other mood states? Absolutely, and I would go further than that, and I would say, from all the work I've done now on myself, that 
I was never really here. And I think it, it was very recent that I went, oh, I'm a person in this world, <laughs> and just admitted that to myself. And I think I was born without my whole soul being here. And I've done a lot of work to, to get that sorted, which obviously the food is a big part of it. I've done a lot of other stuff too. Um, but when when your body is not responding or recognizing the food that it, it's eating three times or more a day for decades, then it's going to affect your brain as well as every other part of your body. And so, yeah, I, I think, I, I, I actually think I... I honestly believe that a lot of the troubles we see in the world are down to eating denatured food. Absolutely. Let me let me ask you this, since we're on the subject, and this may be seem like a wild card question coming in, but earlier this week I had a conversation with a with a woman a, a year or two older than you are that uh, is going through menopause and uh, just had uh, hormone replacement and. Uh, Suddenly, she finds that she can reconnect spiritually. That prior, uh, for a couple of years prior, she's been kind of jaded, had had an attitude that you know it, it really doesn't matter, and has not been able to continue her spiritual practices. Which prior to that, uh, she got a great deal of satisfaction to. So, are, I guess where I come from, you know, this the the brain part of me says, do we have a biochemical um, need in order to have a truly rich spiritual life? Yeah, for sure, because when you look at how the, um, how the glands work, which produce our hormones, if they haven't got the correct stuff going into them, the correct nutrition, they're not going to function correctly. They're going to malfunction. And so, as an example, if you don't get in enough um, long-chain fatty acids, which is what you would get from oily fish or algae, DHA, then you're not going to be able to produce the right things out of your glands. And so just something as simple as, as correcting your long-chain fatty acid in, intake can alter so many hormonal problems. That, you know, this, There's a really good book, I think it's called Why Japanese Women Don't Get Old or Fat, something like that, or they don't have the menopause and get fat, something like that. And it's, it's mainly because of the long-chain fatty acids. Um, but then there's also the opposite, which is the trans fats that's very high in the Western diet. And I think with, as people are becoming aware, it's getting less um, prevalent. But the trans, having trans fats in your body is like wrapping your brain up in plastic. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. It's trying to deal with it, get rid of it. And it's, it's so alien to the body. It's just coating it and, and really causing, if you think about how precious our neural networks are, <laughs> It's shorting them out and causing malfunctions inside us. That's really interesting. I guess I think of it this way. I think uh, we're talking about a phone line because on the other side there is a spiritual reality, and on this side we have a physical reality. But I, I, I never really have connected it so much as so directly as what you're implying here. That you know, uh, Alzheimer patients. We're doing some work with uh, people uh, in that area, advanced Alzheimer's, and and the spiritual component of their their experience seems to be um, as missing as perhaps much of their other memory. You uh, you look at now a physical component, and you think of the the spiritual connection as being difficult. There, I guess, in a sense, what we're saying is the phone line itself, the our ability to make that connection is what's failing. 
yeah. either through mental or physical disease. Is that is that how you take it? Yeah, it's a really good analogy, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me just ask you to define then. You know, I love Aristotle, and I and I, and I tend to listen to him, and he. He uh, believes that you should define everything before you take that subject on. So uh, we want to talk about aesthetic beings. What do you mean by aesthetic beings? <laughs> okay, so out, out of the context of the book Ecstatic Beings, we, we look at uh, people in our history, such as Jesus or the Buddha, and you can see, um, and e- even Mother Teresa and Peace Pilgrim, you can see within these people something so pure and unaffected by external processes, that you know they're fully connected with their heart and their divine self. And, you know, Jesus loved people even when they were putting nails through him. And the Buddha could observe everything and have absolutely no external issues because he was sorted internally. And I think that these people, are, religions and, and things have been created around a lot of people in our cultures because they are people that are completely sorted. Now, the book Ecstatic Beings is taking this premise that there are some really amazing people that have obviously got it right in our history and saying, well, look, we don't need a religion. Um, we don't need to be told what to do. But there certainly is a need to know what's happening in, in this century because it's all up for grabs. This is post-feminist, post-everything. It's absolutely post-everything. What do we do? And so, okay, the, now, Shazzy, I'm going to have to ask you to hold that because we've got a hard break coming up. Okay. And we'll pick it up after the break, all right? Okay. okay. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on Hay House Radio. I'm speaking with Shazzy about ecstatic beings, and you definitely want to call in and speak to her in the next half hour. You can follow the links under Provocative Enlightenment on EldonTaylor.com to her website, books, videos, and other work. And we'll be right back after the following words from our friends. Do you feel like you've become lost in a funhouse? Only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you? I invite you to step through the doorway and onto the path leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Elton Taylor's New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions, now expanded, updated, and revised. It will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free from your current perceptions and begin your journey to how high is up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. We are all very aware of the power of belief, but are you aware that many times it is your inner beliefs that cause you to sabotage your own dreams and goals? Success is so much more likely when your inner beliefs are in line with your outer goals. And now, using Eldon Taylor's InnerTalk technology, you can do just this. InnerTalk is a patented subliminal technology and is the only such technology to be researched by numerous independent universities and institutions, including Stanford, and been demonstrated effective at priming your self-talk. There are hundreds of titles to choose from, ranging from weight loss to esteem, organized and efficient to prosperity and abundance, attracting the right love relationship to winning sports performance, accelerated learning to accelerated healing. Eldon Taylor's patented InnerTalk technology is your key to success. Check it out today. 
visit www.intertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com, intertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. Now, if you just joined us, my guest today is Shazzy, and we've been discuss- discussing the whole idea behind ecstatic beings. Before the break, Shazzy was defining the ecstatic being, and she had just told us of exceptional beings, including Jesus and Buddha, and we kind of interrupted her her description, her definition. So, Shazzy, please return. Where were you? <laughs> well, I was just saying that we wanted to transfer this concept of, you know, just one or two amazing people throughout history and say, look, we can do it in this culture, whichever culture we're in, in this um, era, and whichever situation we are in personally. So it doesn't matter whether you're a single stay-at-home mother, which I am, or whether you're someone that works 40 hours a day (laughs) um, with a, a family of five to feed, or if you're somebody sitting in a cave, or if you're in a high-rise block of flats. The whole point behind it is it, nothing matters apart from what is going on internally. And once you get your internal stuff right, everything you see around you is just so beautiful or so non-objective that it doesn't matter. You're just love. You're just feeling the love of everything. And it takes a lot of practice to get to that because we've got our stories and our history and our ancestry and everything around us and we're bombarded by the media and people and talking and stuff um, and fake food, fake television, fake jobs, fake relationships, that it takes a lot to strip, 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 strip it away. And the book Ecstatic Beings in a very hilarious format, it's like um, like a teenage girl's annual for grown-ups, but it's very funny and it's got some really good um, surreal stories running through it. It's got some fantastically grounded and um, inspirational articles on how on earth we get to grips with life now because life now can be really weird and it doesn't need to be. It is a great book and I love the stories. It is it is also very radical. We're getting a lot of questions now out of our chat room. We have a couple of callers. Before I indulge in, in asking my own questions, let's, uh, are you ready to take some calls? Yeah, I guess it. Okay, great. Well, we have Jay from New York uh, on line one. Jay, you're on the air with us. Uh, you have a question for Shazzy? Yes. Um, I'm trying to figure out how do I know the difference between my ego and the truth. In other words, like I'm in a relationship where I, I, the person introduced me to Hay House, you know, Krishna Dha, I mean, all these spiritual leaders and, you know, um, Wayne Dyer. And, but there's something wrong, and I don't know if it's me my instinct, should I listen to my instincts and say, you know, you know, this person is really not good for me, or is it me just because there are times when I, I find that there are, like, lies being told by this person. I'm not really quite sure how to even, like, go about, like, trusting my own instinct, because sometimes my head gets me into trouble and my instincts tell me this is what it, you know what it is and i don't really know what to do because like i said i don't want to sound negative because this is supposed to be a positive uh, feedback but my question 
question is, you know, how do you know when your head's getting into trouble or your, um, your, your, your spiritual guides are telling you the truth? I mean, it's very complicated. Like you said, relationships, jobs, all that stuff is really a little complicated. And um, it's hard to know what the truth is. And if, if your truth is, is what's causing you to, you know, get into trouble or is it uh, or your head or is it your... Your your instincts or your I, I mean I am really lost and I'm trying to Jazzy, okay, Jazzy um, do you want to take that one on? Yeah, I caught most of that, but stop me if I'm not being relevant because it was really quite hard to hear. Um, I think I think there are several ways that that you can look at this. If you're interested in approaching it from a dietary perspective, then you can do a lot to boost your um, your actual energetic self. So, you know, you can eat a lot more live foods and that will change your energetic system. When, whatever you do, whatever you take in, whether it's food or information or anything, you're going to resonate at the frequency of what you're taking in. And this is why I go on about the food so much, because it's like such a prime helper. Um, but there are many Chinese medicines and um, Chinese herbs that you could maybe look into or, or get a, a consulta- consultancy with somebody who does that. And they can actually boost that part of you that is actually, you know, going to make your heart stronger, that's going to make you feel a lot more like the real you rather than it sounds to me like you're torn between your head, which is obviously your ego that's trying to steer you down one path, and your heart. And, you know, if you haven't got your heart strong, then your ego, your head is always going to win and you're always going to end up in trouble. (laughs) But um, I think when... My heart is really strong. I really love this person. But it's like, the problem is that, like, you know, like I said, there are times when, they're, you know, you call it white lie or lie or whatever. Lies are lies are lies. Like organized crime, crime is crime. You know, it doesn't matter what, how it's done. And so I, I'm finding it really difficult because this person claimed to be, you know, you know, Zen, Buddhist, Buddhist all that stuff. And, I, and I'm really trying to say, you know what, maybe it's my head, maybe it's my ego, maybe. But then there are times when I really actually caught her like you know lying about things you know what i mean and she so said, are you, sorry i can't really hear you that well are you saying that this person is lying to you yeah. that's what he said shazzy yeah. uh and, okay and um i i i really honestly feel if you're saying your heart is strong you know when the lies are coming and so what's actually happening because it's never anyone else it's you you're expecting that and you're accepting that so if you get to a point within yourself and and, and know that you're strong which is fantastic then you you will never ever have that it just won't be allowed in your life you won't be able to attract that frequency but certainly you know pulling in a lot more high frequency foods is going to help you not allow that frequency of lying into your life a lot quicker than trying to do it on your own because you know then when you're trying to do it on your own you're fiddling with your head again and we want to get away from that (laughs) Well, you know, your heart just says one thing. Your heart says you love this person, and then you know, and then you have you have a child with this person. I mean, I have a you know, I have a child with this person, and I'm trying to be um, objective and see things clearly, like you know, what's rational and what's irrational, or what's right and what's wrong. But then again, like I said, um, I'm fighting with you know whether it's you know it's time for me to move on or you know or. Should I get out? It's complicated. It's very complicated. So I wanted, I mean, I, you, there's a lot of shows on this, in Hay House, but I'm, 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 so one day I want someone to address men's issue because I find that, like, a lot of the... It's not quite, you know, I feel like the rest of the men are going through... Yeah, I can't, I can't really hear him very well. Oh, 
Okay, well, we've we've lost uh, we've lost uh, our caller. Um, you know, that's the kind of call I'm going to comment on that if I can for just well, of course I can yeah, <laughs> for just for a minute. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that I see people do, and Shazzy, you go ahead and slap me if you think this is wrong, is they give away their own power. That's um, right. Yeah. By surrendering it to some, you know, so-called guru. Yeah. Uh, anyone that's been to India knows that there's a guru on every corner, maybe a dozen of them if you happen to be an American with shine shoes. Uh, and they're all willing to tell you how to live. Now, you know, I've had, in law enforcement, I used to use psychics. And I've also had those psychics that just didn't, couldn't, well, they just, they weren't, they weren't psychic enough to find the, you know, their, their, what, pants. I don't know how to say this, but some people are gifted and some aren't gifted. And I think it's incumbent upon every individual to decide that, first of all, whatever the information is, as Shazzy says, you know, this information is something that you're intaking, but you're responsible for it. If someone tells you you should get out of a relationship, if you choose to do that, you're choosing to do it. Uh, I, I personally think that when that kind of thing happens, uh, if you're relying on what another person has said to you, whether it's a psychic or, or a counselor, and that's what you're using as your reason for doing it, what you have just done is advocate your self-responsibility, you've given away your power, and you're not going to get it back in that scenario. Uh, so You're just, you're just going to attract the same situation again. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Over and over. All over right. Well, let's try. Let, let's get Kelly from Little Rock, Arkansas on the line with us. On line two. Kelly, uh, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. You're on the air with Shazzy. Thank you very much. My question is, what detoxification, I don't know if I said that right, would you recommend? Um, there's all kinds of them out on the market from, you know, it's your general you know, Walgreens store or whatever to high-end um, kits that you can buy. I don't want to buy something that is going to tear my insides up and I'm going to be kind of like out of commission for, you know, the next 10 days. What is what is one that you would recommend that is natural and and very, I guess, friendly to your body? Because I do know that I need to detoxify <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's a great question. It's got many answers. Um, and I think a lot of it really depends on where you are right now and what your intentions are. And in my book, Detox Your World, I'm really clear about this, um, that detoxification shouldn't be just a program and then going back to your old way of living because that can be harmful to yourself in right. many ways. Uh-huh. Um, so the first thing is I would say really reevaluate your whole life, what you want, you know, write, write how you want to be. And that's your end result and your maintenance result. And then how to get there is actually really easy and there are so many ways of how to get there. But I think um, getting the clarity of where you want to be well, is really important. Otherwise, you'll do a 10-day cleanse and then go back and then you'll, you'll have felt good for a few days. You'll have felt terrible detoxing and then come out and felt good. And then, you know, what will you have gained? Ultimately, right. not quite. Not right, right. I know um, that everything that I do, um, I like to do in balance. I don't, I don't like to go fanatically one way, 
you know, in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So I guess my detox or my whatever, I would want to just be very, I guess, general, not drastic. Okay. So I would suggest um, that, that you incorporated it into your life fully and didn't do a 10-day thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say something like make sure that 51% in weight or more of your meals is, is raw and lean into the green side, green and organic raw side. Okay. Um, so that would be something like spinach, kale, broccoli, lettuce, mm-hmm. herbs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and and that, over a, a period of time, is going to be so much more beneficial than doing a quick stop, a start-stop system. Oh, okay. Um, and then other things such as, obviously, limiting alcohol, limiting caffeine, making sure you're moving your body. Your lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. It doesn't have a heart or anything. Mm-hmm. So to get our um, lymph system moving properly, we have to actually have exercise. So right. rebounding, vibration trainer, um, gentle walking if you need to. Swimming, all those things are really good. Saunas are really good. And I like to look at detox sometimes as a luxury. So when you're looking at things like infrared saunas are fantastic, massage Mm -hmm. is great, yoga is relaxing, all those things actually detoxify you. Uh And and they're good. They're easy. (laughs) You can incorporate that into your everyday life. Right. Okay. Would you... you, recommend any type of um, aromatherapy. I went and had a massage yesterday, and she said, next time we do one, why don't we try the raindrop um, therapy? Oh, the, the young so, living raindrop. Yes. What do you think? I've had that. <laughs> do you really like nice. it? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's really amazing. The thing is, that's the chakra cleanse, isn't it? Um, and when you're doing... Any kind of detox, you obviously need to detox your mind, body, and spirit mm-hmm. because you've got mm-hmm. to keep your whole self in balance. Otherwise, right. it feels a bit shaky. So something like that would be really amazing, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling, Kelly. Bye-bye. All right. Let's, let's go to the chat room. We'll take a couple of call or a couple of questions out of the chat room before I jump back to my list. Or, or, so um, out of the chat room, we have from Andrea. If raw food is so healthy for you, why do so many people report feeling cold when they become raw foodists? Um, yeah, that does happen. That happened to me. It's, it's um, partially because you're detoxifying, and when you're detoxifying, you get cold. It's also partially because, you know, if you spend a lot of time making cold food, you've got cold hands. <laughs> and I remember I used to get really cold hands, especially in the winter. Um, but after after about, I don't know, six months to a year, it seems to go away. Um, there's also something that you can do. You can take something called a serapeptase, which is a systemic enzyme. And that sweeps through every single artery, vein, and capillary in your body. And it takes all the fur and the stuff that shouldn't be there out of your body. And then it makes them more flexible. It makes your capillaries more flexible. And so if you do suffer from cold hands and feet, doing... Um, a month or two months of serapeptase will actually really resolve that pretty quickly. But also, you know, do some circular breathing and, and some pranayama, and that really warms you up. You know, we, we're aiming for inner fire. We don't want to feel like weak, raw foodists. You know, we, we're, we want to be strong and right. Amazonian, and that's what we're aiming for. Okay, well, to, to that very end, Amanda asks, um, could you please ask Shazzy about being vegan? 
Is this really recommended for everyone? I have heard many conflicting voices for and against veganism. Oh, fantastic question, because I think I'm quite an anti-vegan vegan. vegan. <laughs> um, it, I, I wrote about this a lot in Evie's Kitchen because it's, it's um, more important to, you know, when you're feeding a child to get it right, <laughs> because you don't want to be experimenting on a child. Um, you know, we can experiment on ourselves, fine, but not children. And the, the actual answer is it is not natural to be a vegan. So, you know, we want to, I want to be a vegan for compassionate reasons. I don't want any part of the industry that exists. Um, but does that mean I don't want to eat an ant? Actually, no, I don't want to eat an ant. It's, it's something that I've been a vegan, I don't know, 25 years. I just couldn't imagine eating an ant, eating another creature or stealing milk from an animal when its child is going to be killed. And having that, I, I personally can't do it. So I worked out um, for Evie's Kitchen what to do, how to be fully healthy if you if you are a compassionate vegan. And I don't recommend veganism actually to people. And, I, you know, I think that um, eating um, humanely sourced animal products such as eggs and goat's milk and stuff like that, if you can, as, as humanely sourced as you can get, is, um, is a way to stop certain deficiencies because there are things like vitamin B12, choline, um, DHA a little bit, and uh, vitamin K2 that are really essential, and vitamin D, really essential for growth and maintenance of our bones um, and brain. So okay. I think if someone has to be, if someone wants to be a vegan for ethical reasons, just look at the, what you need to do to supplement those things, and then you'll be absolutely fine. All right, Alan asked this question then, and, and we'll see how you feel about it. He says, my doctor has told me to eat lots of fish and bran to help my cholesterol and blood pressure. How can I be a raw foodist and take care of my body? Lots of fish and? Lots of uh, fish and bran. Bran? To help bran, B-R-A-N. Uh -huh. Bran's a byproduct of something, isn't it? They just, they just sell it because they want to do something with it. <laughs> it's not real food. Um Okay, so eating lots of fish does make a lot of sense. And, you know, you can obviously eat raw fish if you want. Sushi is raw. Um, but I think that the, there's definitely the 51% rule that I mentioned earlier is a really important point. When you eat 51% in weight of raw food, then your body doesn't get an immune system response. Um, when you eat more than 50% in, in weight of cooked food, your body creates an immune system response called leukocytosis, and it's where your white blood cells go into your stomach and not recognizing the food, thinking it's been attacked by something like a virus. And so over the years, you become really weak. You know, you can get autoimmune diseases and stuff like that. So for, for this particular guy, certainly eating um, raw or cooked fish with lots of raw vegetables is a, a definite goer. I don't understand why somebody would recommend brand in any situation it's not real food it's fake <laughs> made up interesting okay now i'm going to be selfish because i've studied your material and i'm going to ask you some questions all right yeah uh, why is dehydrated food or food prepared in a blender uh okay uh when cooking the food isn't i mean you know where is the demarcation line between prepared and raw I, I, I use, I mean, a lot of your diets require a special blender. Uh, 
So I and and what I'm looking at is you know I do a lot maybe slightly steamed vegetables. So yeah. you know wh- where is the line there? The the technical line is depending on the food because it does depend on the food. Some foods can hold their stuff a lot quicker, a lot a lot higher temperatures. The technical line is around 46 degrees, which is 105 in Fahrenheit. Right. Um, something like that, and that is when a lot of things start to be denatured in the food. So with dehydrating, it might look very different from the end product, and if you added water, it wouldn't look look, look like the original thing. Um, but it, all the nutrients are technically intact apart from the water. So it might be slightly less vibrant, and it might have slightly less nutrients, but it wouldn't have anything like the amount of less nutrients in cooked food, and it isn't denatured, so it doesn't have these new chemicals so, for example, if, if you take a potato, I wouldn't recommend eating them raw, but if you take a potato and cook it, you've got over 400 new chemicals in that potato. And your body doesn't recognize any of them. So that's when you get the leukocytosis, the immune system response. And that's the difference between cooked food and raw food. You know, I, I have to tell you that when I read your, your first book, it, it, I found it very compelling. And uh, my wife and I, you know, experimented with it. And there's just some foods like Brussels sprouts that taste horrible if you don't you don't cook them some. Have I got a recipe <laughs> with Brussels sprouts in it? <laughs> I don't believe I have. Do you not mean alfalfa sprouts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love alfalfa alfalfa sprouts. You no, can put those on my salad. I'll eat don't. those raw all the time. God, if I got a recipe with Brussels sprouts in, I'd be very surprised. I can't stand them. You can't stand them. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, when I eat a salad, okay, so it's got spinach or lettuce or kale with some really nice dressing and avocado. So, you know, who's not going to like that? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Who's not going to like it? I'm going to yeah. love it. That's a fact. And I share your compassionate uh, <laughs> feelings as well uh, because I've had my own experiences there. But that's another story. You have a brand new program that uh, is actually a course uh, in 60 seconds or so. Tell us about that course. Okay, it's on um, shazzyspeaks.com, and you can actually get to it from shazzy.com as well if you can't find that. There's a free year-long email course which is um, exciting things that I say, like inspirations and stuff like that. That goes on for a whole year, and that's for free for anyone. And then above that, if you go to shazzyspeaks.com slash program, you can find a brand-new program. It's got about 30 downloads, so it's pretty huge. 